Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steeler fans? This is another episode of The Hangover. This time, it's a uh, another good one after a Steelers victory. Steelers beat the Las Vegas Raiders last night, 23-18. Yeah, there you go. I'm still a little bit cloudy. I, I had the uh, I went to Pittsburgh and the Browns game, and when I got back, I think a Browns fan gave me COVID. So I still got a little bit of foggy rain, but it's, mm-hmm. it's getting there. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Shannon, how are you doing, my man? Yeah, we're both a little under the weather. I've had a sinus respiratory infection and it, it just feeling it all in my teeth over on yeah. this side. Just and uh, very uncomfortable. But uh, the victory last night helped. Always makes you feel better. The Dagon Browns fans getting my buddy sick. You know, yeah. I mean, I knew that was going to happen. But last week we didn't even have a hangover because yeah. you was in Pittsburgh and in the Monday night game, so we didn't have one. And so I'm uh, glad to see everybody back in the live chat right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's good to see everybody. You know, if you guys are, are hanging in there, give this thing a like, get the, give this thing a subscribe. Let's get this, you know, show in the algorithm. So did you get an opportunity to watch the game last night? And if so, where did you watch it at? Yeah, I just watched it at home and I was really excited. Uh, the Raiders always give the Steelers trouble regardless of record. And they both come in one and one. I think the Steelers are the substantially better team. And I think they showed that last night. I was encouraged by especially the play calling. Been looking at some different things uh, today and people that I respect a lot that uh, I broke down some film and and showed the difference in the play calling. Mm -hmm. They run more play action last night than they did the first two games combined. And they threw to the middle of the field more than twice than they had the other games combined. And, And it worked. I mean... They was hitting pickets on crossers. The deep post to Austin was down the middle. The uh, corner out to Fairmuth for the touchdown was off a play-action rollout. You know, those plays, the little screen to Warren in the middle that was set up and executed beautifully. The play column was was much better, and therefore the execution was much better. They go hand-in-hand. And uh, I was very, very encouraged. And uh, what did you think? What, What did you see? Uh, the, you could tell was different. You know, well, first I'll say that the beginning started off the same. You know, Steelers yeah. offense got three and out, three and out, three and out. And I was like, here we go again. You yep. know, and, but the defense was showing up, except for that one drive where, you know, the, the Raiders end up tricking the Pittsburgh Steelers on that fourth down where it mm-hmm. appears that they're going to go for a run, try to get the first down, and, and Garoppolo throws it up for Devontae Adams and ends up coming down with a score. Outside of that drive, I thought that the uh, defense did well. They were – you know, doing their job. You know, I think there was a little bit of a, or a lot of bit of an issue of guarding Devontae Adams. But at the end of the day, he didn't kill the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he got a lot of points. He he scored a lot, but the Steelers still won. And so, 
you know, and they got a couple of picks too as well. Was but, you shocked uh, as I was that I when I heard that the Raiders were the only team in the NFL that hadn't given up a quarterback sack, and yeah. I immediately thought, well, that's getting ready to change because <laughs> with Watt and Highsmith and all the Steelers pass rushers, and they did get four sacks, but it was not easy. The yeah. Raiders blocked the Steelers by far better than the Niners or the Browns did, one on one, and. They're uh, they have a very good pass blocking, and pass protection. They're uh, very disciplined. Uh, Jacobs picked up an extra blitzer when the Steelers would try to send Holcomb or Alexander or even a, a slot guy to you know get extra pressure. Jacobs mm-hmm. it was a lot like Warren. That was an impressive display last night between Josh Jacobs and Jalen Warren on how to pick up blitzing uh, blitzers you know in pass protection. So I, I mean. The Raiders at the beginning of the game tried to duplicate what the Niners and Browns had done. Mm-hmm. Or a stack box, you know, crowd the line. But they just didn't have the talent that those other defensive fronts had. So right. that 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 I was glad because that finally allowed the offense to start getting some rhythm. You know, Pickett to stand in there, and he stood into the last second to hit that deep ball that started everything, got the you know the ball rolling to Austin. Right. They needed that. So I kind of, yeah. one of our things was, you know, it was kind of a Vegas vacation. It was a tough game, but when you look at the first two opponents, you know, it was definitely a lesser uh, quality of opponent. Right. And, you know, I agree. I agree 100%. I think that the quality of the uh, the players on the defensive side for the Raiders weren't up to, you know, what the Steelers have played with uh, against the Browns and the Raiders and so, I mean, and the 49ers. Uh, so then, you know, in turn, it should have been a better showing, and it was. But before we get more into the game, there was some news that broke before the game that offensive coordinator Matt Canada was having more duties added to his plate. He was going to be uh, what sounds like taking over the quarterback coach's position as well. What What are your thoughts on that news, and how accurate do you think that that news is? Well, uh, that is perfectly normal for the Steelers. They are very respectful. They won't come out and say, you know, that not only do they not fire coaches, but they don't openly admit they demoted coaches. But that's right. like, you know, you say, well, you're getting promoted to a position where you can do less damage. So I think what's happened is they're going to share play calling responsibilities. I mean, these plays that we saw last night have always been in his playbook. Yeah, It's just the timing of the play calling. When, mm-hmm. where, and why. I believe that, that a lot of those duties have been relieved from him. They don't want to say, there's no way you're going to give a guy who's struggling that badly an offensive coordinator and say, yeah, you're going to be quarterback coach too. Mm-hmm. He will have more interaction, I believe, with Pickett because I believe they're going to give Pickett more say in the play calling. I think they're going to give him more say in, you know, again, all offensive coordinators and quarterbacks discuss what plays you like, what plays you don't. And I think that, that there needs to be more interaction between Canada and the players. So I think that it was a nice way of saying we are going to change up some responsibilities because there's nothing that Sullivan has done that would warrant this type of move. I I believe it's more of a bilateral move to try to get more voices in the room so they can put a better product out there. And if last night is any example, I'm all for it because I I was, like you said, it started slow, but then the the range of plays, the timing of the plays, and the usage of the middle field—that's what we've been wanting to see. See, I, I take a little bit of a different stance when it comes to it. You know, I think that Canada being working with, more with Kenny Pickett has more to do with his progressions. You know, I, I've watched tape on Kenny Pickett these uh, last two games, and I've watched tape on him last year, and there were certain things that he struggled with, and it was with the zone. And you know, there's reasons why his passes haven't been accurate you know, in the first couple of games against the zone. And I think it has to do with his progressions. There's times where he's looking at the wrong, you know, the defenses haven't been hiding anything. For the most part, they've been showing what they are showing pre-snap. And I think what's happening is that Kenny Pickett's just looking in the wrong place. Now, is that, you know, the coordinator's progressions or is that the quarterback coach teaching those progressions? I'm thinking maybe perhaps that could be what it was. But like you said, it seemed to have worked better last night. Continue that, right? And and well, continue it going it, in the right direction. I think it's a lot. The quality of the opponent matters. I mean, yesterday, well, the Steelers weren't playing until last night. I got to watch quite a bit of football. 
Mm-hmm. And guys, they was some terrible, terrible quarterback play. Uh, yeah. And we all across the NFL, guys, it's veterans. Tannehill's what eight year veterans. You look at what the Niners and the Browns have done to um, other quarterbacks. The Browns actually Pickett had better statistics against the Browns than the other quarterbacks they played. So I think everybody, he's a second year quarterback who's a game manager. And I mean, you we see things quite different on that aspect. Where I I believe that the game plan. When you watch the teams with like the Dolphins and or the Rams or the uh, 49ers, the teams with the better offensive coordinators, their their coordinators scheme guys open and they put the quarterback. There's multiple times there's just easy throws that I swear me and you can make because the guys just they scheme them wide open and that never happens in the Steelers scheme. Um, mm, and that's, it, it that, you know that's not that's not that's not quite accurate. You know, when I'm watching watching the game from the All-22, and even when I was in stadium against the Browns, you know, George Pickens could have had four more touchdowns. He was running so open. He was running naked out there. There was certain times where I know that folks were chanting, you know, fire Canada from the side, you know, but from the end zone area, it seemed like there was more booze going toward just a different direction. And it happened to do with, you know, some of the receivers being open. You know, I found a film from last year where we're getting frustrated and, you know, from the, I guess the TV angle, some would speculate that the frustration was because they, the wrong play was ran or whatever. But in reality, it was because they were wide open and the scheme was there and the quarterback. Now, Chris Collins wore this interesting comment last night after, I think it was after the touchdown to Calvin Austin, where he said, Kenny Pickett actually threw it this time. You know, that kind of tells me that there are guys open. The scheme is working. And I've kind of seen that on tape. But the quarterback, for whatever reason, whether he's not reading the field right or he's not confident in his line or he's not confident in himself, isn't letting it rip. And I think last night he realized that the pressure coming wasn't the same as the first two weeks. And I think he settled down a little bit. And I'm hoping that's what it was that kind of alluded to why he played better. But well, you know, you know, there are guys open. We've had you've had Ben Roethlisberger, who's the greatest quarterback in Steelers history. Uh, and he was on the tail end of his career, but he could uh-huh. still read defense and he could still make plays. And he struggled in Canada's offense. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, who was the second player selected, I believe, uh, he looked like trash in Canada's offense, regardless of what some people will say. He could not. Uh-huh. He was uncomfortable. He would not try to push the ball down the field. Uh, And when he did, he threw lots of interceptions. You know, and then you've got Pickett. You have back through Canada's history. Um, He he doesn't have a long track record of success anywhere. There, He has to have the perfect talent to fit his system. And then if he doesn't have it, it, it's a train wreck. I think they're going to all have to work together to make the best of this situation. I know that, you know, the running into stack boxes, whether Pickett, doesn't have the ability, the freedom, I don't know, to check out of those plays. They're doomed before they start. When there's six, seven guys at the line of scrimmage, you just can't do that. The mm-hmm. jet sweeps to the unbalanced side. I mean, he there's plays that are run that make absolutely no sense. And that doesn't fall on your quarterback. That falls on your coordinator. So while there's – I mean, I heard Merle Hodge go off this week mm-hmm. on the wide receivers, and, and he didn't like the, the effort of the wide receivers, and he just let them have it. Uh, he didn't like the execution of the offensive line. And he said that the running back's vision wasn't good, and they wasn't seeing the holes. I mean, but the one constant in all that, and it's just like a head coach is responsible for the whole team, the offensive coordinator is responsible for the offense. So that's why I'll always give him – more of the blame, uh, and I believe with the changes that were made behind the scenes, and I admire the way the Steelers have done it, because there's no reason to come out. I mean, you already have people chant fire the guy. So mm-hmm. I think the way the Steelers did it is a classy way of doing it. And I think now that hopefully with more voices in the room, we're going to see a better product. No, I agree. I think that what the decisions that the Steelers made this week, you know, we see it two different ways. You see it as a demotion. I see it as a work added to his plate. You know, we don't know it, but it appeared that he was calling plays from the view uh, that they had on on Matt Canada that came up periodically. It looked like he was calling them. So, you know, we don't know. Maybe he was demoted. Maybe he wasn't. Uh, I'm not sure. But, you know, tweet that came out yesterday referencing it. You know, one part that added into it was that the Steelers trust Canada and they believe in him. And this is why they're adding more to his plate versus taking away. I don't know what's going to happen there, um, but 
I'm hoping that it starts to work in the right direction. And I'm thinking maybe perhaps Canada working directly with Kenny Pickett to you know, give him an idea of the progressions and where things are going might help out a little bit. Now, as far as like, you know, Canada doing you know, poorly throughout, you know, his Steelers tenure. I mean, he had Ben Roethlisberger, yes, but when he was 40 and off of a bum arm and, and Mr. Trubisky, he is who he is. You know, there's there's times where um, he shows some flashes, but at the end of the day, he kind of crumbles under pressure. You know, he did that against the Ravens where, boom, he was all of a sudden, you know, Kenny, he's moving the ball down the field and then three interceptions and the Steelers lose. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, he but is. But it doesn't change, is. like I said, it doesn't change the, the other maddening calls in the running game. Oh, I agree. And it, it, you know, and here's the thing. I want everybody to understand. I am a Kenny Pickett supporter, mm -hmm. but I'm a supporter of whoever's playing quarterback that wins games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Kenny Pickett is the answer, I want him to have an opportunity to prove it this year. If he's not, back to the drawing board. Because right. we all, us older fans, went through the from Terry Bradshaw all the way to Ben, and it was that, you know, dead period where they could do a lot, even went to the Super Bowl, but they couldn't win it until mm -hmm. they found another franchise quarterback. That's what I want to see. I want to see what Pickett can develop into, uh, what he can develop into within this offense. I just think that when I say whether he's calling the plays or not, he's still sitting in the seat. But like I said, I think there's more people, more voices in that room now uh, prior to the game in game planning and what we're going to call when and where, including Kenny Pickett. Uh, and, and that's the better, best teams. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. They, uh, they utilize all the talent at hand. Uh, we're not quite doing that yet. Uh, again, I don't know if they've ever even looked at Darnell Washington one time. It's like mm -hmm. Washington is a, that extra tackle. I don't even know. Does he have to report as eligible? <laughs> I think that's what they might be thinking, but I yeah. would like to see him utilize all the talent at their disposal. And at least they got Firemuth involved yesterday. Yeah. Do you, do you think the use of the rookies, though, is a coordinator um, decision or is that a coach decision? Because I've seen that on both field where they've slowly introduced Joy Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, and other defensive players in as well as the offensive players, Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington. You know, they're not they're coming in in certain moments and they're not really highlighting their, you know, do you think that's a coordinator issue or a Mike Tomlin issue? Because I think that's more Mike Tomlin controlling the personnel. Yeah, we've all talked for years that Tomlin is not, I don't know if it's from Dick LeBeau mm -hmm. back when he first came in and, and because, you know, LeBeau's defense was so difficult. It's so complex that it was hard for rookies to play. Uh, it's, it's different now. And, but when you watch Levi Wallace, it's seldom do I see a guy have two interceptions in a game. And I said he had a bad game, but <laughs> Wallace, you know, you say, well, they're putting him out there in that soft zone coverage and he's just trailing Adams all over the place and then trying to make a tackle. But really that's his game. That's where Wallace is. He's better in zone, but that really limits what the Steelers pass rush is going to be able to do uh, if they can't hold up in coverage longer. Right. And right now they're being very fortunate to get all these turnovers, but you can't count on that. Turnovers are fluky. You'll get them in bunches and then you won't get any. Right now they're, they're the run defense was a little better last night. And I thought my Travis Adams played a stronger game. Uh, his penetration is always excellent. He's very quick. But I thought he held up better because the Raiders' interior line is not a powerful run-blocking line. So mm -hmm. I think he was able to have a better game. But as you say, the rookies, look at Keanu Benton. I mean, he's tossing guys around. And that that one sack he got, that penetration and that's, that uh, quickness and his size, he was on Garoppolo before Garoppolo could do anything. Oh, and yeah. it was a, really a beautiful swim move. And then he just was right in there. I'd like to see more Porter because mm -hmm. he, he is the one guy capable of playing tight coverage. Uh, Benton is getting more and more playing time. You know, because neither tackle is playing that well for the Steelers right now. They're they're right. holding up. I think last night, I think they graded out average. So, but I think Roger Jones, it might be after the bye, but I do think he's going to eventually get in there. And Nick Herbie has been very effective. He's just not getting many snaps because the, the guys he hits in front of him. So, but <laughs> the one that really, like I said, it really baffles me is Washington because he's a special, special talent and athlete. And we see that seam and they're starting to use the middle. So that gives me hope that they are going to target him, you know, at least a few times a game, because if he does catch it and he has good hands, he's going to be a load to tackle. Mm -hmm. 
No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, especially in the red zone, you know, they're, Oh yeah. I, you know, I think there was times where even Vegas went like too tight end and, you know, Josh Jacobs and they spread the Steelers out. I don't see us doing that very often where we go in there with, you know, our big, you know, we have Pat Fryer, Muth, Najee, uh, Darnell Washington on the field, you know, maybe even Connor Hayward, George Pickens, and just go really heavy. And if, you know, they bring in their big guys, spread them out. And those guys, in my opinion, are all capable of catching the ball. And if mm-hmm. uh, they come in with their littles, pound it in and let's knock them, you know, let's run it down their, their down their throat. But when it comes to Yano Benton, I think that one of the players that benefits the most that I have seen when he's in the game is Martavius Adams because he's actually moved into a position uh, when he's on the field alongside Keanu Benton that better sits his needs or skill set, oh, yeah. which is the, the defensive tackle. In fact, I think he was the one that tackled uh, Garoppolo as he was trying to hand off the ball like super quick. And Yeah, he hit him before he handed it off. That could yeah, easily yeah. been a fumble. Uh, they got lucky that that wasn't a fumble. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And so I think that Martavius Adams has benefited greatly, mm-hmm. greatly from him. <laughs> and I just I just don't understand, you know, why not going with this front, especially if it's showing to work. Now, I, I guess, you know, Tomlin's, you know, be devil's advocate. Tomlin's biggest statement when it comes to rookies is exposure and that perhaps defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators are going to think, you know, something in a rookie's game that they can exploit and, and that it could hurt at the wrong time. And, and I get that and I understand that. But isn't that living in your fears? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for that instance, I just, you know, for a guy well, that's did you playing, hear? Did you hear Terrell Austin last week when they asked, was Porter going to get more playing time? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, he'll get more playing time when he's ready. Like yeah. he's not ready yet. Well, mm-hmm. that falls on the positional coach. That falls on uh, the defensive coordinator to get him up to speed and get him ready. What I've seen is he plays tight coverage and he's competitive. Now, there's growing pains with any rookie, but you can handle the growing pains because you you can recognize that the end results with Joey Porter Jr. could be spectacular. He could easily be the best corner the Steelers have had since Ike Taylor. You know, it's like you said, they're bringing him along super slow. And seeing Wallace, Wallace is crafty and he's he could have real value. He could be the guy in the nickel mm-hmm. and come in, you know, deny packages. And use him and his intelligence and his experience in that role. But having him starting, he's getting picked on every week. Yeah. And thankfully, he got them interceptions because if not, his seat would be really hot. Yeah, <laughs> I agree 100%. Well, we're going to take a quick break real quick. If you guys are watching on the YouTube side, we're not going anywhere. But those on the audio side, uh, back after a few, moments, uh, a few of our uh, words from our sponsors. And welcome back to the Steelers hangover. We're talking about the Steelers getting the dub while in Vegas on the Vegas getaway. Was this a get back game? Maybe. Uh, What do you think about that? Do you think that this game was a get right game, you know, for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do you think that that was accomplished? You know, I do. I think that they did get some things correct. I think that it's not 100 percent correct. You know, I'm glad that the Steelers are going into Houston and playing an inexperienced quarterback and but the team that's rebuilding, you know, to continue to get right uh, this upcoming week. But I think that that last week was a good step in the right direction. Was there any concern um, from you as far as like the running game? I know that Najee did better. I know Warren got a little bit more yards, but at the end of the day, they only managed to get 105 yards as a team collectively. And it just kind of seemed like that wasn't the focus yet again, uh, even though that it was more, evenly balanced what are your thoughts well i like this right here uh because that's what i was thinking and (laughs) and i even talked about it in my article that i wrote stock report for tomorrow is it's baby steps i mean you get right or it definitely was daniel i mean the Steelers offense has had no rhythm this year other than the you know the two minute warning touchdown drive at the end of the first half against the niners they have not been in sync they've not had hardly any multi-play drives that ended in score. Uh, you know, they had the big play last week to Piggins again, but they're they're just not sustaining drives. Piggins, you know, is not, as you say, seeing the field good. He's not been accurate. The the offensive line is being overwhelmed with stack, box, stack boxes, and the running backs have no chance. Uh, that's yeah. why Warren is the better option, because Warren hits whatever hole is there. He gets low, and he gets whatever he can get. If it's four yards, he takes it. 
where Harris is trying to put moves on and be a little bit like LeBron Bell, Le'Veon Bell, and he he just doesn't. That's not his game. Even if it was, there's no holes there. So right. yeah, I think that it was very important, and I think it should give all the offense confidence that they were able, even if it was a lesser opponent, they were able to start to look like an NFL caliber offense. Uh, and they need that because Houston really put a licking on Jacksonville. Uh, which shocked me greatly mm-hmm. uh, because, as you say, they're very young and they're rebuilding, but they got a lot of talent on that team. Yeah. Quarterback, running back, wide receivers, offensive line, they've got talent. So the Steelers, they've got to keep that momentum they built last night going into Houston. And and wow. I think they have a great shot if they do. You know, that now's not the time for a letdown game, and the Steelers need these get-right games, this, these momentum games. Yeah. The only, the only thing that I'm concerned about with this Houston game is going to be the weather. You know, it's still been approaching on triple digits down here in this, at this point. And if memory serves me correct, every time the Steelers have played Houston in September, Houston has forced the Steelers to wear the black jerseys and just to attract <laughs> more heat and open up yeah. the roof. It, it's quite annoying as being a, a spectator at the game because you're like, man, you got a roof. You can just cover it, turn on the AC, and we don't have to be all sitting here, you know, the fans in, in this heat. But, you know, I get it. It's home field advantage, and, and that's what they're going yep. to, you know, to do to the Steelers. So, you know, I, I would uh, hope that they stay very well hydrated, drink some pickle juice, whatever you have to, because it is still very hot in Texas. Calvin Austin had himself, I think, a pretty good game, uh, maybe even considered a breakout game. You know, there was a uh, a player, I can't remember his name. I think he was number zero that was very quick um, for the yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah, he had a 340. George Pickens and Calvin Austin were kind of leaving him behind. So I, I liked what yeah. I saw out of the out of the receivers. But Calvin Austin, in my opinion, had a little bit of a breakout game. Uh, do you think that he's a guy that can be the long-term answer for the Steelers at the outside position for the wide receiver? Yeah, I, we've talked about it. Me and you, I've talked about it on another podcast. And yeah. uh, when they made the grading the pick article at Memphis, he is a football player first and he mm-hmm. has, who happens to have track speed. So the, although he's diminutive, if you watch him, he, he great effort. He blocks. Uh, he took a couple of shots last night and he mm-hmm. hopped right up, you know, which is always a concern, but he is very competitive and his speed is elite. I mean, that acceleration, once he catches that ball, uh, if he gets a step, if he's leaving, he's leaving. The the Steelers have needed that for so long. And now when you consider Pickens on one side and Austin on the other, both guys you have to watch because they both can take you deep. And and I'm like you, I think Pickens looks faster this year. Uh, On one of the plays, like you're talking there, uh, Bennett was trailing him on one of them crossers, and when Pickens caught it, he ran away from him. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting Bennett to run him down, but he he didn't. And uh, so I, I think that the Steelers' future, you're, you're looking at two of them in uh, Pickens, Pickens and uh, Calvin Austin the third, uh, because, you know, they're going to make a tough decision on Johnson, mm-hmm. but it'll be great to have him back this year to add another piece to that arsenal. It, you know, the Steelers, if they can have a, a decent record, with Cam Hayward eventually coming back and giving them that boost, that'll really be something, you know, there in the middle of the season. No, I agree. Especially, you know, also Deontay coming back at that time, like you mentioned, Hayward, that's going to be the time where the Steelers are going to want to try to make that push, right, to, yeah, to get into yeah. the postseason. And then that's that's a good time, you know, as long as everybody is healthy for that to to end up happening. You know, on that play, though, to to Calvin Austin, the reason why that play worked was the blocking from Jalen Warren. There was a guy yeah. coming right up the middle and he just got in his way and took him out. Like yep. that guy is showing that he is, um, he deserves more playing time. And it came out before the game that he was going to be featured more uh, in this game. And I, I thought he was, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's still not 50, 50. And I still think that Najee's going to carry, you know, the majority of, of that load. But I thought that, Having him out there also, I think maybe even benefited Najee a little bit because I saw some more explosive runs from Najee in this game when he didn't have to have majority of the weight on his shoulders. You know, I, I thought he did well. Um, Najee did well running the game on defense. We talked a little bit about the defensive line, but how do you think that the Steelers did as far as tackling in this game? Uh, you know, this that had been kind of a, an issue for the first two games. Missed tackles were were a huge thing, especially in the running game. 
Do you think that the Steelers kind of clean that up a little bit this weekend? Oh, definitely. The McCaffrey is very shifty. Like the spin move he put on Levi Wallace on that long touchdown run, that was criminal. And then <laughs> yeah. last week they had to deal with Nick Chubbs, and he he broke like six tackles there before he got injured. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Ford was able to bounce that one long run. And and their receivers are tougher to tackle. Uh, Cooper and, and uh, Peoples-Jones and those guys. Especially the big tight end. I can't never remember his name. Njoku. But uh, very athletic and hard to tackle. That's not the Raiders game so much. Jacobs, uh, they shut him down. They tackled very well uh-huh. and never let him get started, really. We know that Devontae Adams is is a great, great receiver, but he's not necessarily known for you know breaking guys' ankles or breaking tackles. I thought they, they, they had a better opponent to work on their mm-hmm. tackling last night, and I thought they took a step forward because – it was much more crisp and fun, and they were fundamentally sound last night. Yeah, I agree. You know the and it, and although it may not have been the competition or the level that the Steelers have played, you know, going into this game as far as the uh, level of talent at the running back position, but Josh Jacobs was the leading NFL rusher last season. Mm. Big guy, he's a bruising guy. You know, the Steelers were able to contain him. You know, despite what he's been able to do. You know, the lack of performance earlier on in this season. You know, it's kind of like. When Le'Veon Bell took the entire training camp off in preseason, it took about three games for him to get right. You know, this is his third game, and he even came talking about it, that he felt good this week. He had a better practice. He felt that he was seeing the field mm-hmm. better. And, and the Steelers were still able to obtain him. You know, we talked about Garoppolo being sacked. I think he was sacked what, a total of four times. Yeah, um, four. You know, four sacks, three turnovers. Steelers win by five. That doesn't make sense to me still. You know, I think the Steelers need to be able to win by a lot more than that. But what are, you, what are your thoughts on the outside guys? Alex Highsmith didn't really seem to be that big of a force this game, but T.J. Watt was doing T.J. Watt things. What are your thoughts? I was really shocked after the game. I looked. Alex Highsmith was not credited with any statistics. No uh-huh. tackles, no assisted tackles, no sacks. I mean, I seen him make it. They didn't give him any pressures, but I seen him make a, a spin move there late in the game where he, he got right in Garoppolo's face and caused an, inc- an incompletion on a big play. And he, he wasn't the factor he was against the Browns. And okay. and that's why the, I think the Raiders had given up zero sacks coming into last night. You just are not going to shut out what? TJ is going to get there one way or the other. Everybody, you know, we're so blessed to have Marcus Golden. I mean, a veteran who's had three double-digit sack seasons, and he was out there late in the free agency period, and the Steelers were able to get him, and he's a great fit with the culture. He went to Temple, uh, and, and he loves the area, and is very familiar with the, the organization. He seems very comfortable. And when he's in the game, I don't see a huge drop-off. He hustles, I mean, from, you know, from snap to whistle. And, and that, you know, he's had sacks in back-to-back games, so – I'm I'm really pleased with the depth and edge. Uh, this is something the Steelers have just not had. And you know, then you have a guy like TJ, like last year, get hurt, or Highsmith have a groin or an ankle injury, and, and and they were just severely handcuffed. And and this year, I I feel much better about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And there was a lot of big hits, none bigger than probably the penalty that cost the Steelers 15. Minka Fitzpatrick unnecessary oh. roughness on the quarterback. <laughs> I I was like, what? I was I was so upset at that play. That was nowhere near a uh, roughing the passer. If he gets fined this week, because the Steelers' fines have been outrageous, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Right. I mean, they've just been outrageous. And, and some of the plays that I saw, like for instance, um, the one against um, Quan Alexander, the penalty, the, the one that they gave him a forty-three thousand uh, dollar fine for, was just a tackle. Like yeah. running back, it was there was nothing there. It wasn't flagged, nothing. I, I just don't understand what's going on. You know, what were your thoughts on on how hard the Steelers were hitting? Uh, you know, it it seemed like the Steelers were playing more physical in this game again, and I think that has to attribute a little bit to chemistry. Now that these guys are getting getting to know each other, they're playing a little bit faster, mm-hmm. a little bit freer. But what were your thoughts on on the hits? What were your thoughts on the on the penalty that Minka got, and and I guess the refs overall? Because I thought they. They had a bad game last night. Oh, well, to start out, the hit that you was talking about in the preseason on Quan Alexander, uh, they the NFL rescinded that, which no, I thought was, was only fair. One. Oh, okay, but I, I, I know that one they rescinded, mm-hmm. which I thought was only fair because it was just a hard hit. I mean, it's either you're going to put flags on them 
All right, let's tackle football. What Fitzpatrick did, I mean, actually, that was he could have hit him way harder. Yeah. He just kept flying in unblocked, and he, you know, he picked the right lane and he hit him, and he hit him first with his arms and his shoulder, and then their helmets happened to touch. But as the the ex referee that you know is an advisor now on the live broadcast, he's like, but that wasn't a forcible intentional blow. He should not have been penalized, mm-hmm. and that was a huge call because it let them continue that drive half a distance to the goal line, and they scored, and it let them back in the game. I just sat there, and I'm like, is it possible? I said this to my family. I said, is it possible we're going to get a relaxing Steelers victory? Which is, how long has that been? And, of oh, course, no. Enough. Something's got to happen. And But they blew, I thought, so many calls mm-hmm. on the pass interference in the end zone that give them the ball uh, on the last touchdown. They were, the, the tackle, left tackle, he, I don't know if you could qualify that as holding. He had a hold of Alex Highsmith. He pulled his uh, shoulder pads out. He had a hold of both shoulder pads on both sides and was yeah. holding. And Highsmith's arms, he looked like a puppet. He couldn't do anything. And, <laughs> and they didn't even call holding. I mean, it was the ref, the quality of referees. I don't know what's the problem. I don't know if they, if it's still a union issue. I don't remember that crew. That guy last night, the head up, uh, I didn't recognize him. You know, sometimes he turned his mic on. Sometimes he didn't. It was just a low quality performance from the referees, yeah. and uh, and everybody's seen it. But uh, yeah, if they find me on that one, I would definitely. Uh, what's the word? What is that? Appeal that? Appeal? Yeah, I'd be like, well, you got look at the replay again, guys. That yeah. that was not roughing the passer. Yeah, uh, he could have tackled him and drove him into the ground. I mean, earlier in the game, Pickett threw the ball and the guy smacked him upside the head. He got hit, slapped mm-hmm. in the head three times. But this guy not only smacked him, put his hand on his face back, and then drove him into the ground with his weight on him. That's roughing the passer, if anything. What Mika did was not. Yeah, there was a couple of plays that threw flags and picked him up. You know, one against yeah. Holcomb, I believe he uh, he had a good hit. I think it was Holcomb over the middle. Uh, yeah, it was on uh, Adams when he was in yeah. the air. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and like I said, that's another difference. I'm glad you brought that up. Last year... The Steelers linebackers would have waited till he come down, and then they would have tried to tackle him or knock the ball out. Uh, Holcomb went up to meet him in the air and a clean hit and dislodged the ball. And as you said, they picked the flag up because that was not a penalty. Mm-hmm. But Holcomb is getting better each week as he gets more comfortable. Quan Alexander has just basically said, I'm a starter. And he, there wasn't no big passing the torch or ceremony. He's just a starter. And, yeah. and that dude is playing massive minutes. And and the, the inside linebacker position is so much improved from last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, well, they have heart and determination. They're not afraid to put their face, you know, and hit somebody in a pile. Yep. You know, like, you know, I'm not saying that Miles Jack was that because his issues were more injury related. But when it came to Devin Bush, we all knew what he was. And yeah. so, yeah, this defense is moving fast, is, is doing the things that we expect them to do. You know, I had mentioned before the season started there was going to be some growing pains with this defense you have an overhauled mid linebacker group you have a ton of new pieces in the secondary and you know it was going to basically depend on the front seven for the pittsburgh or the front line for the pittsburgh steelers to to create pressure so that we can uh, you know especially early on can kind of cover for the lack of chemistry and stuff that the Steelers defense had. But as the year goes, I think that this defense is only going to get stronger. You know, it's, it's going in the right direction. A lot of people were saying before the game that this was a get right game for the Raiders because they were going to be able to run the ball on the Steelers <laughs> and yeah. do all these things. And I was just like, man, the disrespect is just so high. Now the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are in first place in the North uh, technically, because they're the only team that hasn't yeah. lost to a uh, AFC opponent in the division. And, you know, I think that they're moving in the right direction. It's a good good time to be excited. As far as we think about this team and their performance last night, uh, well, let's let's go back to well, let's go to the other part of the ball we haven't talked about yet. Special teams. You know, Presley Harvin, I thought had himself a game. He he messed yeah. up on one, right? But outside of that, he was just massive punts, boom, boom. And then of course you can't you can't you know what Chris Boswell was able to do, fifty three yarder, I believe, fifty seven down the. Oh, 57 yarder. Yeah. Down the yeah. middle. Uh, what are your thoughts about the special teams? It's so funny you bring that up because in my Thug Report article, I don't mention special teams very often. 
One yeah. reason why is because every time I've ever bragged on Chris Boswell, he's went on to have a bad game. When I talked about him being the greatest kicker in Steeler history, and I wrote an article, he had the worst season of his career. So I am scared to brag too much on the place <laughs> kicker. But right. last night, as you say, Boswell was awesome. He's so consistent. Uh, when he strikes the ball clean, he's as good as anybody. Presley Harvin in the third, I actually give him a stock up because I have been critical of him as much as anybody. But two, he stacked two elite performances or above average in a row. Yeah. And the one that you mentioned, he just didn't get the hang time on it. It was mm-hmm. an important part of the game. And he had boomed all the other punts. And that one, he didn't get the hang time. And it let him get a little bit of a return there near midfield. And yeah. so, but I, everything else, he had a 53 and a half yard average, I think. Yeah. He was booming the ball. Now, everybody likes kicking in the dome. I mean, these guys had to, Pittsburgh had to deal with the wind and the, the elements. And, and we know how it affected Barry when, you know, when he was kicking. I believe we're seeing why I feel real positive of what Harvard's doing is watch his body language. He's more confident. He he's his drop. He's controlling his drops better. So he's getting a consistent strike point where in the past, I don't know if, you know, maybe his belly was a little too big. Let's just be mm-hmm. honest. And I think it kind of hurt his vision and his flexibility. And he would miss hit the ball quite a bit. But this year he's striking the ball clean. And and you got to give the guy credit. He had competition in camp. He started out the year and he didn't look real great. And they brought in Brad Wing just to talk to him. But that's <laughs> another way of saying, hey, pay attention to who we're bringing in for a visit. And then the last two games, he's had his best games of his career. So that's what yeah. I like to see. I want to see a guy win these challenge. He's like, I'm going to rise to the occasion. I ain't going to sulk away or pout and and i think harvin like you said that was his best performance last night oh yeah and 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 it was about time you know the consistency has been the problem with harvin you know he's had some you know he'll have one punt where it's like boom and then the next one's 30 yards and (laughs) you know that was our problem with the guy before right now you know him doing this two games in a row let's see how he does in cold because that you know kicking a cold ball does make a difference i i believe you know, I, I personally have never kicked a frozen ball, but I'm pretty sure it sounds like it's hard. And yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it does. And so, you know, we'll see how he continues, but I think they're going in the right step. Uh, you know, there was a lack of kick returns in this game. Everything just kind of went out of bounds. And I think that this is uh, definitely a step in, in the direction where that the Steelers or that the NFL are just doing away with kickoffs. But what are your thoughts on having Calvin Austin on kickoff and punt return? You know, given his position as far as, you know, right now, I think he's one of the starting wide receivers. Do you think the Steelers made in a, a Desmond King back there who has had return uh, experience or maybe some? What are your thoughts? Well, I think Desmond King was back for uh, some kickoffs because oh, uh, he yeah. was for the first time. But yeah. uh, they were all kicked. You know, I think that's what you're going to see. But the way uh-huh. these kickers now can kick for distance, everybody kicks it at least halfway in the end zone, if not out. And it's really not worth the – because so many of the guys don't make it back to the 25. You have the risk of injury. You have the risk of turnover uh, or a penalty, which the Steelers are real good at. It, it get, you know starts you halfway to the goal line. So, um, But I do think that Desmond King is a great option. Or the uh, young man, the running back, I'm not going to try to say his name, that they picked up off the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, played for the Detroit Lions and had a big game in that tie between the Lions and the, the Steelers back in the day. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think that, that he is also has kick return abilities. And I would limit Calvin Austin to punt returns because, uh, one, he can fair catch, and he's doing a good job of deciding when to do that and when not to. But you want that acceleration, and he's so shifty and elusive that I really like him on uh, punt returns. But I, I agree with you. I, I do not want to see him on kickoff returns unless it's an emergency. You know, and I think that the reason why teams are kicking the ball out so much, you know, wasn't so much that it was um, Anthony McFarland that was running the ball back a lot, which he was. I don't know if it was so much his skill, if it wasn't the blocking that was going on in front of him, because he just looked like when Anthony McFarland was returning those uh, kickoffs, uh, whether it was in preseason or, or, or in the first uh, game, it looked like he was just running straight between yeah, blocking yeah. was impeccable. And so I even thought to myself, like, man, Calvin Austin is returning that. That might be a touchdown because he's way faster than Anthony McFarland. Not saying and not taking anything away from Anthony McFarland's speed. He's mm-hmm. fast on his own, but can't compete 
And I think with, with Calvin Austin, I think that there's been several players when they ask, like, who's the fastest guy on the team? There's no question, oh, no yeah. doubt. No question. <laughs> <laughs> it's Calvin Austin. And I'm excited for him. I, I think that, you know, he's going to, you know, he's kind of like a rookie to us because we didn't get a chance to see him last year. But he also has the uh, the benefit of knowing the offense and, you know, getting into the playbook for a year. So he's I'm excited about him. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to have a few big games. And and that pass to him by Kenny Pickett, that was perfect. I yes. mean, it was right where it needed to be. I If anybody had that, you know, concerns of Pickett being able to launch the ball deep, I think he answered those questions. What do you think? Yeah, it was it was a 46 yard in the air dime. I mean, it yeah. was perfect. There was times that I've seen Pickett miss throws. You know, he had uh, Austin in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And then he would have some guys open or other quarterbacks, you know, whether it was Trubisky or Rudolph, and they would have guys open on some deep passes in the preseason and missed them just by like a yard. And I said, I bet you it's they're used to throwing to Austin mm-hmm. and that speed or or Pickens with his leaping ability and his wingspan and reach. And then yeah. when you throw to these other guys, they don't have that extra little bit of burst or length to get it. So yeah. uh, I, I think the Steelers have uh, some real options there that they can stretch the field because you also have Fryermuth and, uh, like I said, Washington, because Washington can really run for a big, big man. And I would like to see him get to work at middle and, and the seams on a go route. And, I mean, like I said, with his height and reach and speed, he could be a real weapon. So, yeah, I'm excited about that because – it's been a while since the Steelers could stretch the field. Moving on to the next week, going against Houston Texans, what what is it that you want to see from the Pittsburgh Steelers offense and defense that points to the Steelers moving further in the right direction? Well, again, we want to see more of the play action, more mm-hmm. of the middle of the field, uh, the not being so predictable. Because at the beginning of the game, it was pretty predictable. And then, it, like I said, they started doing things that the Raiders wasn't expecting that much play action in middle of the field usage. And that's right. why a lot of the plays were so open. Build on the chemistry that they gained this week. Because they couldn't gain any chemistry the first two weeks because they wasn't out there. You, yeah. you can't be three and out, three and out, three and out. And you're not developing anything. And you can only do so much in practice. So, you know, I want to see Tomlin have these guys ready to play. Uh, it's going to be another stiller away game. That's like mm-hmm. a home game because like right. that game last night, I mean, all the terrible towels and the, the, the chairs were louder when the Steelers were doing something than when the <laughs> Raiders were. And based on their past history in Houston, I think it's going to be similar. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like you, I want to see this chemistry and the timing uh, from the play calling to uh, the execution, all that, uh, on defense, they I think they're short up the run defense. It, mm-hmm. it was better last night. So my main thing on defense, Daniel, is they got to tighten up coverage. Yeah, they've got a ferocious pass rush. But if you're going to let a guy get rid of the ball that quick, you, you're not going to be able to get there. And CJ Stroud can run. Sorry. He's a lot more athletic and mobile than Garoppolo. So yeah, I, those are the two things I'm really looking for. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I think that that's something to be looking forward to. You know, for me, I want to see um, less three and outs by the offense. You know, Please. I think that they need to get rid of that. Even if you know they're not scoring on every drive, I, I get yeah. it. But doing a three and out is just so you know it's just demoralizing the whole nine yards. You know, the defense has to go back out there. You know, especially if they did like three great plays or did a great play, and then they're like, "Man, we just did that, and now we got to go back out there because the offense couldn't do." Mm-hmm. You know, just possess the ball and no three and outs. And I, I think that's the next step. You know, is you know for this offense is to limit the three and outs and continue to build on what they were doing uh, defensively. I, I think you're on par. On par. You know, the the secondary needs to get a little bit more shirt up. Whether that's you know doing something more skimply, or maybe perhaps bringing in a Joey Porter Jr. and having him play on the outside more often, something needs to be done because you know giving up that amount of yards to one receiver, regardless of how good he is, you know, going into a game where you know that's going to be the primary target, that's not Steelers football. You know, Steelers football has always been as far as defense is stopping your primary target, what you primarily want to do, and that didn't really happen in this last game. So I think they need to get back to that and get back to, you know, dominating, you know, their best player and make the opposition do something that's not their strength to in order to beat the Steelers. And I'll tell you what, most teams can't do that, not against this defense. And so one that's other what I thing, want to see. Um, 
and I know we'll both agree, um, Desmond King is very experienced and he's very versatile. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him worked in more. Yeah. Uh, he's a very solid tackler and um, that might help with some of these coverage issues. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but Elijah Riley, who made some big plays at the end of that Cleveland game when Fitzpatrick went out, yeah, I would like to see more Fitz, uh, Riley and Fitzpatrick out there at the same time oh, because yeah. both of those guys have really good closing speed and they're very good at coming up and making those big tackles. Whereas Neil, you know, he was good in the running game last night, but he doesn't have that closing speed. And right. I'd like to see more King and more Riley. And I think that might help with the coverage. I agree. I, I, I definitely think that would the experience, the talent, the whole nine yards. You know, one thing about Desmond King that I had seen, you know, once the Steelers drafted him, I, I started looking. I mean, I drafted him. Once they acquired him, I started looking mm-hmm. at him and seeing, you know, what kind of player he was. I knew he was a great player before. But, you know, as a Texan, I thought he kind of disappeared a little bit. But, you know, when I was looking at some of the some of the videos and the tapes, I came across one where – it was a film breakdown uh, and Desmond King was in charge of the film and he was talking about, you know, the Los Angeles Rams and, you know, film study and what he sees. He's like, all right, you see this receiver here, his legs are facing this direction and this player's over here has his body turned this way. This is going to be a toss. And sure enough, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a very cerebral guy amongst the talent. And I think that could definitely elevate this defense up, you know, plus, especially if you want to utilize a guy like, Joey Porter on the outside. He's he's replacing when Joey Porter comes in. He's replacing an experienced cornerback by having Desmond King out there. You have you're not really replacing that experience because Joey Porter comes in. Maybe Desmond King comes in in the slot, and you're you're, you're keeping that experience up there. And, and another mentor, in my opinion, also mm-hmm. for for Joey Porter. So I'm excited about it. I think that you're absolutely right on that. Uh, you have the stock up, stock down report coming out. Uh, that's on stillcurrentnetwork.com. What other podcasts or, or video shows do you have coming on this week? Well, uh, Wednesday night uh, at 8.30, of course, we'll have the Pump Your Breaks uh-huh. with uh, uh, King Tate and Big G. And uh, looking forward to that. And, you know, we'll be making some predictions on this uh, next game against the Texans. And, uh, and then later in the week, I do my random observations articles because the stock report article gets lengthy anyway. And there's always players that deserves a mention, you know, for, you know, having a good game and maybe in reserve and they only had a couple opportunities, but they made the most of it. And so I like to, to, you know, acknowledge those guys in the random observation articles. And it's usually on Thursday or Fridays. Good deal. Good deal for me. Y'all I'll be on the audio only side coming out Friday around noonish. I'll be previewing the uh, Texans Steelers game. I'm also going to be at that game. So if you guys are out there, hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter handle or X handle is boom, where my name is, the State of Steelers. Hit me up. Love to meet you guys. Uh, but with that being said, Shannon, take us out.